Welcome, everybody, to the Foster and Friends Show with your host, Brent Foster. I've got co-host Tom Arquell in the background. We've got Mr. Matt Zappazzotti. He's an indie pod lab managing partner. He does tech stuff and construction. If you were to see this, he's like putting something up right now. Producer Eric Tidwell is in the house. We couldn't do it without him and all his expertise, so thank you, Eric. I'm going to drop a little plug here. This Foster and Friends episode is brought to you by Indie Pod Lab. Indie Pod Lab is a podcasting and blogging studio with up to full service production capabilities from small time to big time. Let our studio meet your needs. The reason my partners and I created Indie Pod Lab was to offer high quality audio and video capabilities where you can share your brand, amplify your voice, and tell your story. To book your session or learn more, please visit www.indiepodlab.com and send us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Finally, we've got a special guest on Foster and Friends right here to my left, Mr. Mitch Stevens. Mitch and I have been friends for a couple of years now. I first met Mitch in the backyard of my next door neighbor, Tony and Julie Avliana. Hopefully I said that right. He corrected me on that. Did I do it? You got it. Yes. Nailed it. Nailed it. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah. <clears throat> That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dubbed uh, Cigar Tony as well. And I've referenced him on previous podcasts. So love Tony and Julie. Shout out to you guys. We hit it off as both of us are authors, love baseball, and we connected on a space we both are passionate about, which is Transcending Labels, which is the title of Mitch's new book which we'll cover shortly. But before we dive into that, uh, Mitch, I, uh, I always want to give something to my guests on Foster and Friends. And what you can see in front of us is Sun King Beer. This is for you, my man. Thank you very much. I appreciate you it. You bet. Indiana Brew. Indiana yep. Brew. Sun King Brewery is an Indianapolis-based craft brewery with a focus on continually creating traditional, seasonal, and unique specialty beers. Sun King rolled out uh, its first keg of beer out the door, July 2009, and since that time has grown into one of Indiana's largest and most award-winning breweries with multiple medals at the Great American Beer Festival, as well as the World Beer Cup. Now available on tap and in cans throughout Indiana, Illinois, and Florida, Sun King has grown into the second largest beer brewer in the state of Indiana. The company's commitment to handcrafted seasonal and specialty beers has been rewarded with multiple medals. Again, at the Indiana Brewers Cup, Great American Beer Festival, the World Beer Cup competitions. Osiris is my favorite, which is mm. right here. Amazing. And then the cream ale is great too. I know that's you're a fan of the cream ale. But here you go, Absolutely. my friend. And uh, as always, drink responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough about that. Let's learn more about uh, Mitch Stevens. Here's a quick uh, bio I put together. Mitch Stevens is a Cincinnati native, now living here in Indianapolis with his wife, Maria. He uh, was a special education major at Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, and now works in sales with Axiom Human uh, Resources Solutions. Mitch's passion for working with special needs and disabled communities started with an introduction to an after-school program at his high school. From there, he began to volunteer at events and spend more time with a couple of individuals with special needs in his hometown. He has benefited immensely from his connection to these communities. Ergo, his new book, Transcending Labels, The Power of Connecting with the Special Needs and Disabled Communities. So Mitch, welcome to the Foster and Friends Show. Please tell us about your book. Why did you write it? And tell us the story behind that. 
Yeah. So uh, thank you guys both for having me, first of all. And uh, not at all, man. Yeah, you. It's good to see you again. Yeah, absolutely. So you touched on it a little bit there, uh, Brent. But you know, back in high school, uh, Turpin High School in Cincinnati is where I went, and it was my junior year uh, on our basketball team. One of my buddies, he would attend that uh, after school club. They, it was it was coined Chillin' Chums. Uh, that was the the group, and they would meet. I, I want to say one or two times a month after school and just do different fun activities. And he, you know, he was like egging, egging me on. He's like, dude, you got, you got to come, you know, one of these times. It's so much fun. And I went and, uh, you know, I talk about this in the book a little bit, but I was nervous about how to interact with people with special needs, people with disabilities. Um, and, and, you know, going in with all of these different peers of mine that had been tutors, they had worked with, with these kids before, you know, how is this going to go? How are they going to perceive me? And I just, I I'd walked out of that room feeling like a million bucks. It was, it was amazing. So awesome. uh, that, that was really the start of it. Awesome. Um, so uh, tell us a little bit more about um, some of the, some of the folks that you uh, are referencing. Yeah. So th- really when I went into that room, it was my experience with someone with special needs was really just with a couple students that I had met that had mm-hmm. Down syndrome. And then I went into this classroom and it was just, it was wide ranging. It was, you know, there were, there were five or six students in there um, with varying levels of autism. Mm-hmm. There were uh, varying levels of cognitive as well as behavioral, yeah. you know, issues that were going on within that room. So um, it was really, really all over the board. And one of the main reasons for writing the book for me is, Yes, the the positives that that I gained from mm-hmm. you know interacting with them, but also just tr- trying to bring some more awareness around this topic to some of the misconceptions I think people have. Um, one is that it's going to be really challenging to connect with with people with special needs or disabilities. I found that it was it was very easy as, mm-hmm. as soon as I was there because they were the ones that were welcoming and trying to bring me in, and you know, oh, that's you know, they just immediately we're looking at me as like, oh, wow, he's new to the group. He's my friend now, right yeah. away. Yeah. And yeah. it's such a simple concept that we could bring into all of our relationships. But uh, that was a, a huge takeaway. And I, I want to try to, you know, shine the light on that for people that maybe don't have as much experience with it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you uh, visited uh, like Janus Developmental Services up north of here in like Noblesville, Indiana yet? I, I have not. See, I met somebody from uh, Janus or, or that... It was actually at um, the Taste of Business. Nice, awesome, yes. awesome. And, yeah, okay. we, it, and it it speaks perfectly to what you just mentioned that you know everybody has these preconceived notions like how you know I I'm, I don't know how I'm going to connect with them or there's this social dilemma that we all have, but we're all human, right. and it doesn't matter you know chromosomes or what's wrong or the mental stabilities or anything outside of that intelligence levels those go out of the window when we just come back down to the place where we realize you're flesh and blood I'm flesh and blood that's all that really matters and it's amazing to me like whenever I walk into Janus or they run the coffee shop down below the Hamilton County courthouse for the staff and it's just fantastic you feel so welcome you're so at home and all of that preconceived how am I gonna, you know, what what's gonna happen here? It just flies out the window and you're like, man, God, if only everybody was as nice as you all are. That's exactly. it's awesome. It's Absolutely. Awesome. 
Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, the people that know me know that my older brother is deaf. He's two years older than me. And I grew up, uh, in Oregon with my family. And, uh, at a very young age, I learned how to sign. And this was before, uh, ASL. So most of the sign language that I know is ESL. So it's, uh, not the standardized version of American sign, which is kind of a, a truncated way of, of, of communicating in sign language, whereas English is meant to be, yes, Jesus, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Holy Spirit. So that's like, all I know. it's meant, to, <laughs> that's awesome. It's, and it's meant to be, um, uh, like, like you read. So you read left to right and the subject verb agreements are in proper order so that the, that, that the deaf community can, can actually prop, properly learn how to read. Otherwise the, it's really difficult for them to do that. But one of the, there is so much about my experience growing up with an older brother who is deaf and I, and I love him tremendously and he's just an amazing individual. And, uh, this is back before interpreters. He was also an athlete. So growing up, he, he and I did everything together. I was his interpreter a lot. Um, even at playing football, <clears throat> School didn't have interpreters at practice. Coaches would call me out of practice to go sign to my brother. Like, <clears throat> but what was really awesome about my my parents and the way that they approached his education and his upbringing is one, they spent 18 years of speech therapy for him. And he's completely deaf, mind you. He, there's no hearing at all. So he had to learn how to talk. He had mm-hmm. to learn how to read lips. We had... Uh, TDYs and systems, uh, phone systems. We had a dogs for the deaf dog, or um, that would that would actually, hey Kelly, go get Brad, yeah. and then she would go get him and then bring him to me. And the phone, we had lights instead of the phone ring would ring, but we also had lights in the house. And that whole experience shaped my life, my sister's life, our whole family's life in a different way. But the top thing I would say is my parents did not and they never did treat him any different than anybody else. Yeah. And that gave, that empowered him to grow into the man that he is today, a father of four kids and just a, a leader wherever he is. And, um, I, I, that was, that's my big takeaway. And I, I never liked it when, when people would a make fun of him and B, uh, treat him differently than, a, a, a regular human being. And so I got to see the worst of that. Um, in, in his defense a lot and as his interpreter and someone who could hear what was going on. And then also I saw the best of it where I saw hum- like great human beings that cared about other people who were very empathetic. <clears throat> and like you go to the store, instead of somebody having a, a fit over him being deaf and trying to communicate, not being able to understand what he says, but then not being able to communicate with them back, like like learning what is he trying to say and then he can't even hear me. They would write down and and they would actually grab a piece of paper and start oh, writing yeah. and share like, okay, what what is it that you want and things like that. And you saw the greatness in humanity that way. But um, I think a big credit is just not treating him any different, treating him like a human being. And that's what he was looking for. And that's what... Uh, how a lot of people treat him and they just love him today. The ones that have seen him grow up and be the man that he is. So it's really cool. I wanted to share that. Oh yeah. Yeah, And we connect on that and that's, yeah. yeah. And you just think, you know, I think a lot of the apprehension that a lot of people have when they find themselves in a situation is because 
it there is a huge lack of exposure to individuals with special needs. And it becomes this very off in the distance thing that nobody really knows how to handle the situations. They expect something a certain way, but then when they actually expose themselves to it, they get involved in some capacity like you've done all of a sudden, all of those, you know, apprehensions and everything that just fades away. And then you're able to communicate effectively. You're able to overcome those little barriers that do exist because there are real barriers that do exist for, for many who, who have disabilities. Um, it just, the more you're around it, the the easier it gets. Yeah. And, and I think to your point, Tom, of the, the exposure to people with special needs and yeah. disabilities, you know, my, uh, he has become one of my best friends now. He was our uh, manager for our basketball team. Oh, awesome. My, my senior year, he has Down syndrome. He's an incredible person. And when I was, when I was speaking with his parents uh, for this book, his dad talked about the concept of, you know, when, when they were growing up, it wasn't just that there wasn't very much exposure. It was literally that within their schools, they were completely separated. Yeah. So there was no exposure. So we have come a long way in that regard. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, there's still so, there's so much room for opportunity and room for growth in that area too. So, yeah. Mm. And, and you wonder, you know, if we, if we continue on the route where, you know, it's, it's kind of headed that way now or now high schools, you know, you have student aides and things of that nature, which are getting a little more exposure, but there's such a need in the education institutions that we have for special needs teachers, if we were to enhance that exposure even further and people, you know, like yourself who have a passion for helping individuals with special needs and disabilities, we're able to understand that, yes, that is a need. How many would we have that need today? If we could back it up 10 years and redo it and we exposed individuals to it, are they going to be able to discover that passion that they have earlier, be able to get on that track to a, you know, special education major or things of that nature to then, you know, go forward and actually fill the need that we currently have. Yeah. And and so much of the book for me is, is around how to, um, to get involved for, you know, and how to treat people with special needs and or disabilities. Um, so I even mentioned, uh, in there that it's not to, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole of, of, you know, what's wrong with, with the teaching profession or anything like that, but yeah, I was yeah. a special education major. And, yeah. you know, I think another part of it is it's very challenging for those individuals that decide to pursue that. Oh yeah. And the, the, the level of compensation for what they are doing, uh, it doesn't matter. It, it almost doesn't matter how passionate you oh, yeah. are. Don't get me started. We'll, we'll <laughs> yeah, start comparing uh, uh, compensation rates in Finland and everywhere else. It's like, Oh, well, you know, so, and I didn't, again, I, I don't expand on that too much and yeah. I don't want to, you know, go down, down that path, uh, too much, but it is worth at least oh, noting, yeah. um, that it's just, uh, it's not not quite fair yeah. entirely. Yeah, I, and, <laughs> put it that way. Yeah, and and I would just I, I would just add like even across education in general and mm-hmm. healthcare in general, like these, it, it just seems like it's a lower priority than other professions, and it ought not yeah. be because our culture and society we'd be much better if we would invest in those areas. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. So what what advice would you give um, somebody that you know, I, I grew up with someone that, that had, uh, you know, a hearing disability and stuff, but what would you, what would you say to our audience, those who are listening that don't know how to approach, uh, somebody that maybe, you know, they're, they know of in the community or 
somewhere, you know, they, they come across somebody at, at, at a store or a friend group or whatever, just like how, what, what, what advice would you give them to approach somebody? Um, and we'll just, we'll just kind of have that dialogue. Yeah. I think it's important because yeah. a lot of people probably are wondering like, how do I even engage somebody? Yeah, sure. So I think from, from hearing you shared, um, your experience with your brother mm -hmm. and from talking with, so, um, Robert is the guy I was talking about manager for my basketball team. Um, I talked with his older brother mm. for the book as well. And the key thing that we kept coming back to was the increased level of empathy that they have for yeah. all people Amen. having that experience growing oh, up with someone in your family, one, right? 100%. Like if you don't have, I, I don't know how you can't have empathy when you grow up in that environment. Like, right. Cause it's, and if you don't, that's what I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to draw out a little bit is like people, like I see, I've seen over my life, a lot of people not treat people with disabilities yeah. very well. Mm -hmm. And it's, and you and I talked about this, it's low empathy for that, that group of people, right? Is that? Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. Exactly. Exactly where I was going, where it's just, you know, so trying to have a, a little bit more patience and it's kind of what we let off with where you can take all of these, these very simple concepts and just apply them to everybody <laughs> that yeah. you interact yeah, with. Exactly. It doesn't just, but, but especially Every human being. I think we can yeah. all have more. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, exactly. something I try to, I want to try to be careful with too. And I hope it doesn't, you know, at any point throughout, you know, promoting this book and different things come across this way. It's like, I am, like all human beings, a constant work in progress in these areas. I don't oh, mean to sure. sit on the pedestal oh, yeah. and be like, you know, be a better person. Cause I, you know, yeah. no, no, but no. it's more <laughs> that like interacting with these, with these people with special needs, disabilities, um, seeing their just their genuine heart for other people and how it comes so naturally yeah. it's infectious. So one thing that I, I do uh, recommend is just like, it's kind of the try it out once and fill in the blank. So mm -hmm. if it's a, um, you know, a middle school student or a high school student, we, I, I talked about with, um, a past teacher that I, I met with, you know, your heart really has to be in it if you're going to be volunteering consistently mm -hmm. or if you're going to be a teacher aide or whatever. So she was suggesting, you know, don't, don't do it just because maybe you, you happen to read a section of this book or you hear it's something that you're supposed to do, like, but try it out and see. Right. Yeah. So for people interacting um, with people in, in special needs community in general, yeah. just put yourself out there once and see what happens. I bet it's going to be a positive experience. Uh, if it's not and you realize, you know, this is, isn't for me, that's okay too. Then you can just default to, you know, being more understanding of, like you said, with your brother, maybe it takes a little more time to, to do something or to understand him. Right. Just kind of going in with that, that empathy. Yeah. I like that. That's awesome. I love that. Um, Tom, do you have a question at all? Sure. So um, we kind of touched a little bit on the backstory. So right now, what do you see overall within our society today as what's the gap or the need or what is actually really missing for individuals to really, you know, get engaged and, and do the right thing with, with special needs and people with disabilities? Yeah. So I think one one gap or where people can start is by having a, a focus on your own strengths and your mm. own capabilities versus limitations. Yeah. And it's funny, as I was um, kind of preparing some thoughts for meeting with you guys, mm -hmm. I was listening to a, a podcast that you would think would be completely unrelated. And the woman that was getting interviewed on there was talking about um, 
how, you know, treating other people the right way and focusing on their, their strengths and their capabilities. She was talking about the same topic and going back to, you got to, you know, not, we, we beat ourselves up too much, right? Yeah. You got to focus mm. on your own strength, talk to yourself in a way that's, you know, uplifting. And then you're able to give that. It's a cliche for a reason, right? Uh -huh. Of like, you can only give what you, you have essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and then today I was at a, a different, you know, a work meeting where a guy was giving a message, same exact thing came up of, you know, just kind of starting with focus on your own strengths. You're not being arrogant or conceited to, to think highly of yourself and have confidence. Yeah. And I think that that can be a, a trickle down effect to then anybody that you interact with, especially those with, you know, special needs and disabilities, then you can a lot more easily identify their strengths and, and, you know, treat them in a way that's going to build their dignity, which is, I think, you know, similar to what you're talking about with your, your brother. Exactly. Well, yeah. How your well, parents yeah. approached it. Well, yeah, yeah, it's like whatever we expose ourselves to on a regular basis, we inevitably begin to adapt the behaviors that match what we're exposed to. So if we're continually beating ourselves up about, you know, all the, all the, mistakes that we've made or how we, you know, reacted to the guy who cut us off in traffic on the way down here. <laughs> I mean, w w we can get in those downward cycles, but then what that does is when we do interact with others, it becomes negative when we, when we're having conversations with our spouses or we're, we're talking to our kids all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're pointing out the negatives all the time. And then that is encompassed by an ever increasingly negative news cycle and the negativity that surrounds us on a daily basis. Yeah. And we just got to break the spiral. Yeah. And it starts in our minds and, and then from our minds and what we allow in, we're able to then mirror that out into the rest of the world. That's right. Yeah. And one other thing I would add on that, that question too, uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> is, um, you know, with, with us coming a long way, I think as a society from completely separating oh, people yeah. with, you know, special needs and disabilities to being more, you know, more inclusion now, mm -hmm. um, is the, um, the evolution of the R word, um, the mm. fact that it's even said that way, I think is yeah. major progress. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm still, you know, I'm still in situations where, you know, social situations or friends or whatever, they say that and there's varying opinions on it. Even, mm -hmm. you know, Robert's brother, he's like, doesn't really, I talked to him about it. He's like, doesn't really bother me if mm -hmm. someone doesn't mean it the wrong way. And um, I think people do get offended too easily these days yeah. in general. Yeah. Generally. But I also think that's a that's one thing I would point to as a as a gap is if you hear, you know, people throwing that around, like that's your go-to, you know, word to say something's oh, yeah. bad or or stupid. You know, that's oh, yeah. that, that's the oh, yeah. replace yeah. replacing right. that. And it's like yeah. that one really doesn't sit well with me. I'm yeah. not gonna, you know, if somebody says that, I'm not gonna like you know, get on my soapbox about it. Mm -hmm. um, but my good friends know that yeah. it's oh, yeah. not something I want to hear. So I think yeah. that's a, an area we can improve. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. Like if I, if I were to hear stuff like that from someone, I'm usually, you can ask my wife, somebody that would be like, <laughs> Hey, you know, don't say that. That's not mm -hmm. cool, man. Well, Brent's you know, like six foot everything. And <laughs> <laughs> You know, he's a little more imposing. Than I, I, yeah. yeah, he could flip his whole table over with like his pinky. And, so, so, yeah. so I, I do get. I, I, I will call. I'll call you out. But at the same time, though, it's it's a great thing to mention because people need to understand um, and be sensitive to um, 
of, of language and the evolution of language. And you probably shouldn't use certain language these days because we are understanding things a little bit differently and how it might affect people. Yeah. So, um, and it's amazing how like back in like the 70s, 60s, 50s and on, I mean, that was a medical term. Right. And oh, that, was, right. that was just the standard. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, yeah. Yeah. And it is what it is. Yeah. But. So yeah. like, like it's, um, the example I have like for my like my brother and I, I say that that he's deaf. It's the deaf community. Um, these days, to your point about being a little bit too sensitive, it's like, well, I that's still an accepted term, but at the same time, there's well, no, we're hard of hearing, mm, right? Yeah. Or yeah. don't put me in that box or that label. And that's not the intention. It's just a definition. So for me, growing up, and that's what even that even that group uses. It's kind of like, well, I need to try to make sure that I'm mindful and thoughtful about how I'm applying that because not everyone is completely deaf or or have no hearing. And it might be easier to say, you know, in slang than it would be in writing and things like that. So yeah. I have to kind of be mindful of the way that I'm using that word um, mm -hmm. because I don't want to offend my brother yeah. or his group and that type of thing. And in that community. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think, I think generally speaking, we can, we can all use, you know, common sense where, you know, if yeah. you said the deaf community and we're hearing the context around it and everything, you're, that's different. if someone's getting okay. upset and saying, it should be hard if you're, I can't believe you said that. Well, yeah. It's like, you know, there, there's, um, there's nuance to it, I mm -hmm. think for sure. But w one example I think of is, you know, I know we both follow baseball closely oh, yeah, for and sure. forever it was, you know, if someone got hurt, um, they're uh, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Braves, lucky Braves, Braves and Reds, Reds. Yeah. yeah Tom, and what are you? Cubs, 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 Cubs. Okay. Cubs and Reds. All right, are, we're right. all at war with each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same. Um, but forever, you know, somebody gets hurt and they go on the disabled list. Mm -hmm. And as important as this topic is to me and, and, and this community, they switched it to the injured list because people were mad. It's the disabled. list, And I think that is like a little bit over the top where it's like, sure. I don't think that I, these yeah, communities care what baseball terms yeah. are being yeah. used. Yeah. Like that, yeah. But you know, it, but like you said, it goes back to being this point. Yeah. yeah. It just goes back to being, being mindful and, and, and doing your best to be respectful to, um, you know, anybody that might be impacted. Um, yeah. Well, gotcha. you know, it's just, it comes back to, you know, what you said, common sense and, um, just being a responsible adult. At least those of us in the room, we can bear those titles yeah. And the rest of the world, <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll get there. We're, we're getting there little by little. Yeah. Little by little. Um, I love but that. no, it just comes back to, in my mind, treat people like, like you would like to be treated. I mean, that's the golden rule. That's how we are. We should behave. And we're all human. So we all have stuff. Yeah. It's no big deal. Yeah. Do you, um, in the book, do you talk about any resources? Do you talk about, uh, or do you have any, if you didn't talk about it in the book, do you have any resources that are good for people if they're wanting to learn more about, you know, engaging with say what some of the groups that you've been engaged with? So one thing that I share is, so I, I met with my, basically the, the teacher that oversaw the uh, special education department at my high school. And she was talking about social media being a very valuable resource specifically for parents. So that's mm -hmm. one that I, I highlight. Uh, there's a, a woman that's on Instagram that has gained a pretty big following. And uh, I believe it's finding Cooper's voice 
um, on Instagram. And it's her son has autism. He might be 12 or 13 years old at this point. And so she does a really good job of kind of documenting just what it's like as a parent and navigating this thing that Mm -hmm. is just, it's incredibly challenging. So that's one. Um, I would hope that just the, the conversations with siblings, parents, teacher, um, can be a good resource for people because there's some really good suggestions from those people that have like the hands-on experience. Right. Um, those, those would be some, some of the main ones. Yeah. Do you feel that like ADA compliance has gotten a lot better and adoption from, uh, ADA, uh, implementation, whether it's at stadiums and like public, public places, is that at a good place or do you think there's a long way to go there or no opinion? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think, um, that I would consider myself knowledgeable enough to make it's a real, yeah, a real, okay. yeah. Cause I, when I think about it, it's like, there's definitely been some glaring situations where I've noticed like, oh wow, there's, there's no uh, wheelchair access or there's no, yeah. you know, this or that, but I couldn't like quantify it. It's more right. just a feeling. So sure. Yeah. Sure. <clears throat> I know that technology plays a role in, the integration of people with special needs into our culture all the more into like mainstream where you, you know, I feel like everybody has a disability to some degree, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. You know, someday I'm not going to be able to hear, but I can sign. And so my wife will be like talking to me and not, I won't be able to hear her. So (laughs) I'll just be signing and she, she's got to learn, she's learning sign language. My daughters are learning sign language, but, um, I just, I love that the advancements of technology. I, I, I talk a lot with my brother who works for the federal government on teams and uh, even though I don't use Teams like any other way, <laughs> I don't like Teams. I don't like Teams either. But <laughs> but but you know what? It's the 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 easiest way for him and I to just jump on chat. Boom, he pops up. He's on West Coast time, so it's a three hour difference. It's really really cool to do it that way. And he types way faster than anyone on the planet. That guy yeah. is flying, and so he's challenged me to have to keep up, but our conversations go really well. And I just love the fact that we can do that and connect. You got texting, you've got, sometimes we'll do a FaceTime and then we sign to each other. Mm -hmm. So we'll do that as well. And I, I just have seen how awesome the technology is. It is these days with smartphones and programs like teams and zoom calls and stuff. I feel like that's really cool. Also this podcast we put out on YouTube, which then does the translation automatically, which, you know, thanks Google. Thanks YouTube for doing that because you're reaching a community that otherwise, you know, they'd be having to look at us, try to read our lips, close caption or whatnot. Yeah. And then they can't see our lips because the microphone's in the way. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. So I just love that. And uh, do you have any thoughts or opinions about technology and the, the adoption and how that plays into what you're, what you're doing? Yeah. So a couple things, one, I would say with, um, with Robert, we do um, we do FaceTimes now about once a month, somewhere in there to okay. to stay in touch. Yeah, and does he of, like it? He he does. Yeah. Okay. And I, I well, I think. I mean, I think. <laughs> I, I hope so. I think he gets excited about it. Um, just that I'm I'm reaching out and we're getting to to connect. Yeah. And that really started because, um, and this is another theme I try to touch on in the the book is scheduling time to 
uh, stay in touch with people that matter in your life. Yeah. It's so easy. I know I'm young in the grand scheme of things, but <laughs> as soon as you get out of high school and then college, like it happens really quick where you start losing touch with people. Yeah. Um, so that's a, yeah. a theme in there. But with Robert, I would try to call him mm-hmm. and, and, you know, connect with him. And it just takes him longer to process his thoughts. So the call is longer. So being on FaceTime, it's way easier to sit there and we're just hanging out versus I'm waiting on the other end of the phone. I even said to his brother, Tim, because when we were talking for this book, you know, a year and a half ago now, uh, I was like, you know, I want to ask you about something. I know that like, I know Rob likes me, I think, <laughs> but I'm like, when we, like, Sometimes we've been I friends tell. for a long time. Yeah. I'm like, when, when I call him, yeah. it seems like he, uh, just doesn't want to talk to me. And he's like, he, and he gave me a, a bunch of good advice around that. Mm. Uh, and mm-hmm. one, one really good suggestion he gave was to, he's like, a, just ask a question and wait like way longer than you would think it it would take somebody to formulate their thoughts. Mm -hmm. And that made a massive difference where he's coming back with some profound answers now that I just give him a chance to to talk. Uh, And then the other part of it is, is going in with topics ahead of time. So if you have a, you know, a friend or family member with with special needs, I, I would highly recommend that if you're trying to connect with them saying like, Hey, next time we talk, um, I want to talk about the, Bengals. That's probably be, that'd be mine almost every time, except right. not now. It's painful. But uh, you know, I, I want to talk about the Bengals. What, what do you want to talk about? Right? The and Ohio the fir- is coming through. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, sorry, the Colts. Yeah. Yeah. The Colts. Oh yeah. There you go. That's better. <laughs> See, we'll cut go. that out. Uh, uh, the 49ers. I'll just wrap, wrap yeah. the West Coast. And nobody wants to talk about them. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, but that that was very very helpful. So I know that's a little off off uh, the technology thing, but coming up with a with a uh, a topic. Um, and it was so funny cause the first time I asked him, so what's your topic going to be? I can't remember what mine was. And he's like mowing the lawn. I'm like, all right, we'll see what this is. Sweet. Turns out that his, his, uh, he got home from, uh, work one day and he had, he had been, you know, just kind of ignoring his household responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So his brother and his brother's wife had gone over to his parents, hid his TV until he mowed, mowed the lawn and he could get it back. <laughs> and he was really mad. And that got him talking. And I was like, hey. I texted Tim. I was like, that was the best idea you gave me. So, um, anyway, so that, that, that the, the FaceTime uh, and the topics ahead of time are, are very helpful. And, yeah. and then uh, one other note on the technology is we touch on smart homes too in, in the book. And okay. um, the independent living uh, topic outside of high school is – very, it's it's all over the board on whether or not it makes sense yeah. uh, for you know just the situational uh, mm-hmm. basis, but the technology of the smart homes is it, it's really cool. If it's the right fit for that individual and for their family to be able to live on their own, yeah. like they got it locked down to where, as uh, Cindy, the teacher I interviewed, said, you you couldn't burn the house down if you wanted to. You can't scold yourself in the shower. Like they have really good, really good tools in place for that. That's excellent. Yeah. I love Sounds it. like something I need to invest in. Right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> scold yourself in the shower. Exactly. Like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Right. Well, mess with the hot water heater <laughs> dial and yeah, you're in trouble. Um, yeah. So my, my wife is a physical therapist, works with um, people with disabilities uh, and uh, the quads and paras and stuff like that. And so a lot of what you're talking about resonates with her and uh, the community there. What we've noticed is um, just that people are missing that interaction with other people. 
Um, and it, because sometimes they're just not as mobile, they can't get out and go do things like everybody else. And so I'm just glad that technology is coming along to where people can, at least through social media and other platforms, communicate. But, all, but nothing replaces the human interaction. Yeah. That human touch, the human interaction, the face-to-face conversations, it doesn't have to be all the time. But just, man, you know, COVID really did it. Since COVID, things kind of got pushed. Everybody's ISO'd, and uh, and and now people are just starving for it. And and people that get injured and find themselves at home, they're alone a lot, or they have you know people with them that are just there to take care of them for a bit, but they're not really like family or friends or that old community. And so, I would just encourage everybody out there that's getting to hear this and. Um, to reach out to people that you know that ha- are isolated like that because uh, there's a lot of mental health challenges, health, oh, yeah. uh, just even physical health challenges that come with that. And there's higher suicide rates. There's higher everything. And, uh, and we could do more by reaching out to those people, even if it's just you know, going to take something over a, a meal or, or just go and sit with somebody for a little bit, a couple hours and just talk. And what you're talking about is so important. It's like, what do you want to talk about? What What's going on in your life? And actually having the empathy and then carving out time in our busy days. So maybe think about instead of scrolling through your Facebook feed for two hours or whatever. It's not worth it. Yeah. It's not <laughs> worth it. It's, it's right. proven to get you more depressed. Don't do that. Stop and call some, uh, call a friend, find that person that's like, you know what? Um, maybe I just need to go hang with them for a little bit, see what's going on. And, and that could be the one thing that keeps them going because their situation is different than yours if you're somebody that doesn't have a disability or special need. Um, your situation is, is actually way better because you're mobile and you can move and you can hear and you can see and you can talk. So kind of stop putting yourself first and think about other people and the world's going to be a better place because of it. Yeah. You, you put that perfectly. Amen I mean, to that. that, that uh, sorry. <laughs> no, no. Soapbox, but seriously, I get fired up about it because, you know, my brother and I, you know, it's just, I just love him and I wish I was closer to him, but because of tech, we can do it more. Um, and if we were out on the West coast, I'd be around him a lot. I mean, we were inseparable when we were growing up. And, uh, and a lot of people don't understand what that dynamic is. Don't expect them to, but, um, but at least like, do you realize you can hear, do you know that you like for this, my brother's example, I tell people is like, listen, have you ever heard birds chirping? Yes. Have you heard a waterfall? Yes. Have you, have you heard fireworks? Well, my brother doesn't, he feels them. So like part of my probably definite, I'll I'll end up not being able to hear probably because (laughs) in high school, I bought two 12 inch subwoofers with 1100 watt amp, put it in my 1990 Jeep Cherokee Laredo in the back seat, mainly so that he could feel music and the beat of the music that I was listening to. And so we would just drive around the neighborhood, blasting it as loud as we could the neighbors loved it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there were calls. There were calls. Uh, you know, your son is driving, you know, whatever. Um, but it was just to see the joy on his face of doing that is just, 
is a lifetime of just, it makes me smile inside. And so uh, he would put his hand up on the seat and just be like, yeah, all right. And just, you know, and back then it was, you know, you know, Dre and Snoop Dogg and stuff like right. that. It's not like that anymore for <laughs> us. The moldy oldies. Yeah, the oldies yeah. stuff that it creates the largest bass boom, you know. Um, but those are the things that are really cool. So yeah. old, the, so, the things that create the largest bass boom. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> and no, no. It's <laughs> rattle everything to where the cars just it's license plates. That's what you hear. It's like bzz, the license plate. It's so so awesome. Yeah. But, so yeah, when I go, huh. And I have to get close, like turn my, cause I can't even, I can't tell. Yeah. I had to turn your headphones up. Yeah. Because, what's going on over there? Yeah. I don't know. It, I know it's the same level as you guys, but I'm <laughs> like, it's me. It's not you. It's me. Um, awesome. Do you, uh, is there anything that we didn't ask you that you would like to share with our audience or, and us? Yeah. I think on, on that topic, you were just touching on of, of reaching out making sure that you stay in touch with people, especially if it's, if it's someone, you know, really well with, with special needs or disabilities. This is, this was something that was really eye opening to me when I met with Robert's parents. I've known them for a long time, you know, they've become great family friends, but you know, we'd never sat down. It was, that was one of my favorite parts about this book is like, we actually sat down and had very real conversations about this stuff. Awesome. And it was probably, I've been working on it for a couple of years now. So it was, it was only a few months removed from actually kind of starting to get away from COVID and like everyone being, you know, on lockdown mm-hmm. and uh, Rob really struggled with that as a lot of people did, but oh, yeah. it was amplified for yeah. him. Yeah. And I felt like, you know, when uh, his dad uh, talked about um, him losing touch with people after right. high school and whatnot, I was thinking, man, like my really good buddy, Zach, who I, I talked to quite a bit. Um, I haven't talked to him in like a month. No, no big deal. Yeah. With Rob, it's like, what's wrong? Why, why isn't, why haven't, you know, that person, why isn't Mitch reached out to me? You know, and right. it's just, it's amplified on an emotional level. Yeah. So I just think yeah. it matters so much more. Um, and that's kind of the, the last thing I'd probably say. Mm. Fantastic. Mm. Any thoughts? Well, no, I mean... <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like giving like a shameless plug for Janus Developmental you Services should. because oh, absolutely, it's a resource. It, it, it's a it's a solid resource. Yeah. And what what they do is they provide uh, work opportunities for special needs community. And I'll tell you, if you just if you're looking for a place to get involved here in the Indianapolis area, mm-hmm. uh, especially up in Hamilton County, State Road 32, west side of Noblesville, right up on the south south side of the road, the the, and they not only like do like the they run the coffee shop, the courthouse, they do all of these other great things, local manufacturing. They go out there. There's transport services and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff that Janus does for the community just in general. But there's um they do commissioned art as well. No kidding. Oh yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah. Which I like that. I did a we did a lunch and learn there uh, way back when I first started my job, and we went out there. And it was my first time being there. Had no idea what was going on. You get to interact. You, they have volunteer opportunities as well. And I saw this because Jacob, my my oldest son at the time, he was like I don't know three. Yeah. He uh he was really into tractors, like uh-huh. farm equipment. Right. So, and there's just these beautiful canvases just hanging up on the wall, and there was a tractor sitting there. I was just like, 
I got to see if I can get that. Yeah. <laughs> and then like the next time I went over there for like the lunch and lunch next year, we had had my next son, Samuel. So I was like, well, he really likes ducks. There's a picture of a rubber ducky. I'm going to grab that one up. And it's just like these great ideas. So even if you want like a family portrait or something else, man, <laughs> check out Janus. You can get awesome stuff there. And all the proceeds from their sales and stuff go directly to the uh, individual who who did the painting or did the carving or any any uh, any of the things they do. It's it's really, really awesome. And they do a great service. Awesome. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that plug. That's awesome. No, no, no. no. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it kind of leads into another question. So... <clears throat> Are there any other, because you've been in the Indianapolis area for a little while. If someone wants to start getting exposure, they want to start getting out there and really begin working with the special needs community. Do you have any other places where they might be able to do that? Yeah. So I, I personally love Best Buddies organization and they have, um, I know they have chapters all over the place. Uh, Janus, I, you reminded me of, and I'm I'm definitely going to uh, look into getting involved with them as well to be able to volunteer. But I've volunteered and helped out with different walks that they've done. Mm -hmm. uh, Best buddies, that is. Uh, I we did the one in Louisville two different times. That was when I was working in Lexington, actually. Um, and and that one is uh, is always really fun. Um, and then I know Damar. Um, is another one that's, oh, yeah. you know, really okay. big in indie that, that people could look into, to supporting. And I, I did have one other, um, thought too. So yeah, another ahead. guy that I, um, met with for the book, he was associated with our basketball program too. Um, he essentially was a, you know, a, a typically functioning person up until about eighth grade and, uh, had some, some muscle issues, um, and then ultimately, um, it was a, a form of muscular dystrophy, um, mm. that put him in a, a wheelchair Yeah, and he is, he has since gone on to just crush every aspect of life. And he's like oh, yeah. the coolest guy ever. Oh, and awesome. he's, um, mm. starting a company that I will talk about in the book called disabled 365. And, um, I wanted to, to plug it in general, please do. Um, yeah. and the, the idea is non-medical transportation uh, for individuals that are, are disabled. So when you talk about the ability to just, you know, get out and interact with people, that was something that came up when I was talking with Rob's brother, where it's like, it's so hard for him because if I go back to Cincinnati and we go hang out with Rob, I was there this past weekend. We took him to Skyline, uh, Skyline Chili. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a polarizing uh, place if you're not from Cincinnati. Some people yeah. either, either love it or hate it. Right. I mean, you um, can't ever put too much cheese on anything. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, we have your take, uh, which is fine. But, so I went there with, uh, you know, Maria and I picked him up and then and brought him back. But the, awesome. the whole point was just like, okay, we and we've we've gone out with him and, and had beers and stuff. But then mm -hmm. it's like the reality of it is that you are then uh, responsible for him, and he can't. It's it's tough for him to just. He can't really just get an Uber. His parents yeah, aren't really yeah. comfortable with that. So the right. idea um, is to be that service for those for those families, and that maybe it's. Um, I think his his idea was that you know maybe Rob would be assigned to like a a geo location so that it's the same two or oh, three yeah. people that pick him up every time. Yeah. Because as much as there's you know safeguards in place for Uber and Lyft. If I'm Robert's parents, I'm not oh, comfortable yeah. no, with that. Right? Uh, yeah, um, I agree. And I their, their job is just to drop them off. And that's what Eric uh, Thompson, who's starting this, was talking about. It's like, you know, our drivers would be 
responsible for that person to a, to a different level, right? Yeah. It's not just, yeah. oh, here's your destination. Good luck. It's like, nope, I'm, I'm in the care of somebody that or I'm taking care of somebody that's, uh, yeah. you know, that needs extra help. Yeah. So I thought that was something that's. And what mentioned. is it called again that you uh, disabled 365? I love it. I love it. It is. It is. a yeah. That that's one of the questions we had is what, what are, where are some gaps? And that's definitely a gap. Yeah. I see that with Nora and her population that she serves. It's a big yeah. gap. Yeah. You know, so it's, yeah. Wow. Man, figuring out that one will be interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, and, yeah. and he, and he touched on that too. He's, you know, it's uh that's a it, logistical so, heavy lift. Uh huh. And yeah. I think, I think, uh, financial rules and regulations there. Oh yeah. He's a saint for, uh, for, for going after it and trying to make it work. But, um, it's going to be amazing when he's, when he's got it up and running. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Interesting. Well, that's something that, Man, that state and locality should be should get behind uh, quickly. Totally, yeah. totally, and figure out insurance for the driver. Yeah, and <laughs> the the patron. I don't yeah. know what else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's a good. That's a good word. It's a good yeah. driver and the patron. Yeah. I mean, Solid. Yeah, uh, especially if you're in a in a a geographic location that puts you at risk. If you're just dropped off and left there, and you need to get to the door or in the house or whatever oh, yeah. that may be interesting. Huh? Gets my wheels spinning right away. Yeah. I love it though. This is, these are the challenges that we have to tackle as, as a culture and as human humans to make life better for everybody. Um, so what I like to do, um, toward that we're towards the end of our time here and I've really appreciated everything in this dialogue and conversation has been freaking awesome. So what I end with though is favorites. So what I like to do is go around to all the people talking. That includes you, Tom. Oh dang it! About I know you were thought. Oh, <laughs> I thought get, I was going to be able to get away with this one. Wait, I did it on episode nine. Don't you, go you back did. and listen to Foster you, and Friends episode nine. You'll hear my favorites, and that's, uh, that's how I'm going to answer all these questions. That's right. I forgot and, those favorites. I'm going to say something different. To, and listen to Tom's podcast under the sun. <laughs> that's a plug for you. All oh, right. Thanks. So, um, start with you, Mitch. Um, and then we'll go to Tom and then myself, I'll end on that. And then, uh, so what are your favorites and what I mean by what are favorites? It's streaming. Uh, it could be movies, books, travel, upcoming events, stuff you do for fun, leisure, uh, you know, anything that's interesting that we might be, uh, interested in. Okay, cool. So, uh, one thing I'm very passionate about is play by play commentary uh, ah. so it was, you know, alluded to earlier. I'm a, and the a, two, two pinch to Joey. You're watching, exactly, <laughs> exactly. watching YouTube. You just, just saw my face just outside. make a weird. Yeah. So, uh, hard Cincinnati fan. So I'll do some, some, uh, some Twitch streams of that. And that's, um, I kind of just do that for fun right that's now. That's cool. Sweet. Um, yeah. and then since you brought up streaming, uh, Maria and I just finished, uh, game of Thrones. Nice. And Did you like it. I did. It, it's one of those things that like, as I got into it is like all of my best friends who I like trust their opinion have been saying forever how great this is. Yeah. I, I don't know why it took me so long, but it's, uh, it's incredible. I, yeah, we, uh, we got through that way too fast for how long it's like eight, eight seasons. And I don't even want to, I don't even want to oh, yeah. comment on how fast that's, that's just a weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, far too invested, but I highly recommend it. If you haven't, if you haven't seen it, okay. Game so. of Thrones. I have not yeah. seen it, so I'll have to check that out. I hear good things. Yeah. I hear good Mitch, things. Mitch, yeah. Mitch really suggested that we watch yeah. it. So, yeah. So we got to do it. It's we'll report gory. Back. It's, it's uh, gory for sure. It's okay. not, 
Not family friendly. We'll put it that way. Okay. At all. Eric's off screen. Don't watch yeah, it with the kids. Yeah. Definitely right. not. Yeah. Tom, <laughs> mm. let's volley it over to you. Oh, great. Yeah. Which one you want Favorites. To Favorites. Whatever Whatever comes to mind. Oh, man. You and Amanda, like, you guys streaming, you, you see, watching movies. Uh, we've kids. been rewatching The Chosen again. Again. Which is just. Which season? Season one. Season one. Yeah, we're on season one okay. right now. Um, it's just fantastic. The, Isn't it? The cinematography, um, the storyline, every, everything. I mean, he, he, it's it's kind of hard to beat. Yeah. Um, but our, our guilty pleasure, pleasure, you know, it still remains The Office. I mean, that's like oh, when yeah. we're looking like, man, There's nothing, kids are, yeah. the kids are asleep. We're both tired. Let's put on a random show, The Office, and I won't just pass out. But um, but outside of that, I mean, it's um, it's September in Indiana, so it's like deer hunting reduction zone and mm-hmm. all of that for me. As much time as I can spend in the woods this time of year, mm-hmm. I'm there. Awesome. I love it. That's all I got. That's all you got. <laughs> well, uh, I wrote down, actually, The Chosen as well. That's Cop- one of my copycat. favorites. Well, That's my notes. I wrote it down. It's right here. <laughs> It's on where, and where you, I've heard hey. this a couple times. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, you have. <laughs> but you know what? That's okay. Because I, I, I got a million favorites. I got a million favorites. Um, no, the Chosen series, we're on. I think I've watched all three seasons twice. Yeah. So I'm waiting for season four. I'm just dying to see it. Now, I will tell you, Yellowstone, all right? So I watched 1883, then what, 1923, and then... I need to go back and watch Yellowstone. So I just started one of the first episodes of Yellowstone already, uh, knowing the backstory of 1883, 1923, and now like seeing the modern era of Yellowstone, man, killer. It's awesome. I love it. Rips my favorite. I think that's like a lot of people's favorite. Have you, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Have you seen Yellowstone? No, I have not. I was oh going to ask about gosh. Chosen because I've heard a lot of people say good oh, yeah. things. Where that's are we? Good. Netflix? Uh, We've got like every single. Actually, show. there's an app for Chosen. There is an app, and okay. you can you can it, it's actually free to download. And um, the way they, it's free to watch. Okay. You don't actually have to buy it. Uh, it's actually Dallas Jenkins. Jenkins. The way that they've done it is they're fundraising, crowd fundraising to produce it. Isn't it Pure Flix? Is it? It might be Pure Flix or something like that. I don't I know. Don't, I there's an app you can download it on your phone and then play it from there, or mm-hmm. you can put it on like Apple TV and put the app on the TV. Okay. If you have Apple, I don't know yeah. where else. Well, like, it's not just that, but Angel Studios. Angel Studios. That's yeah, right. Angel Studios. Trying to think of that. Angel and they had another a movie that just came out not too long ago with Jim Caviezel. Yes. Child trafficking uh, and all that. Sound of Freedom. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Something like that. Sound yeah, of yeah. Freedom, and that one, I recommend everybody see that. Well, age appropriate, scene, well, yeah, yeah, you know that type of thing. But um, if you don't know what the chosen is about, it's about uh, Jesus and his disciples, and the way they portray it is amazing because it's not cheesy, it's not corny, yeah. it's not all that stuff. It's like Hollywood level, high, like really awesome, and then it just really adds personality to the character of Jesus and mm-hmm. the disciples, how they were chosen, and then their path in following uh, the son of God. So yeah, it uh, essentially starts like at the beginning of, yeah. you know, Christ's ministry and then follows it through from, you know, Peter and John, yeah, yeah, John, yeah, yeah. The it, little John, Matthew, big John, yeah. Matthew, James, all that. Yeah. So, and it's yeah. really cool just to see cause it paints, you know, cause typically when we think about, you know, Christ, we think about, you know, Oh, 
high, lofty, very up there, but it brings that human element of, you know, Christianity and everything about it. Just, it really brings it home. And it, it's just a whole different, different way of looking at it that makes it more lifelike, more alive. That's awesome. We're going to yeah. be getting on that. Soon, Definitely. Then. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I just want to thank you, Mitch, for being here. It's been a pleasure, man. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you for Tom, having me. Tom, thanks for joining us, bro. Uh, oh, yeah, I got the reach Eric, producer. Eric, great job. Zap, he's, I don't know where he's at, but. He disappeared. He disappeared, but um, just want to <laughs> thank you guys. I want to thank you, the audience for tuning in to Foster and Friends. It's just been a pleasure. Please go out, like, subscribe, do the thing that helps us grow, which is liking and subscribing. So if you don't know where to do that, you can do that on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can do it on uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and all that fun stuff, wherever it is. Push it out to your friends. Share with other people. What is the title of your book? Yes. So it is Transcending Labels, The Power of Connecting with the Special Needs and Disabled Communities. Where is it available? Where can I get a copy? Yep. So that would be Amazon. It's going to be officially out for um, release for like a paperback. Um, March 21st of next year. So it's actually National Down Syndrome Day. Awesome. Um, Good choice. It is available for pre-order now. Um, I've since been told that you're supposed to make that window a lot shorter, but I was coming on here, so I just put it out there. Sweet. Uh, so you can, get, you. You can yeah, pre-order awesome. for $3, the Kindle version, yes. uh, and kind of reserve it for when it does come out. Awesome. Fantastic. Great. That is excellent. Go out and order, the, order that on Amazon, you guys. Uh, help support Mitch and what he's doing. I uh, just love the messaging that you've got going on, man. I just love it. It's great. Thank you very much. All I right. appreciate it. Hey, everybody. I just want to give a shout out and thank my Uncle Jim Konopasik, a.k.a. Jim Kona, K-O-N-O, for allowing me to use his music on the Foster and Friends podcast. Jim Kono has newly released singles, an album, and is working on releasing another new album soon. You can check him out. Download his music on iTunes and other platforms. His latest album cover is entitled Truth, Half-Truths, and Lies. Let him know that Brent Foster of Foster and Friends sent you. And again, thank you, Uncle Jim, for sponsoring and being a big part of the Foster and Friends podcast. All opinions expressed by me, my co-hosts, or my guests are solely our own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Northbound Wealth Management or the Northbound Wealth Podcast. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment, tax, or legal advice or as a solicitation to offer or buy any securities. Clients of Northbound Wealth Management LLC may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this Foster and Friends podcast show.